Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. We've also, again, asked if um, regulators are, are going to conduct surveillance or an investigation into an organisation, if they could coordinate their efforts um, and have conversations with each other, because we all know that um, there is an incredible amount of overlap between ASIC and APRA. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, we chat with GRCI Managing Director Naomi Burley about privacy, uh, about the GRCI's mission and the role of APRA, looking a little bit at what we might expect from the ASIC Forum this year, and finally, the lineup that we have for the AML Financial Crimes Congress. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and the GRC Professional Newsletter. And today, we have Naomi Burley, our Managing Director. Hi, Kwame. So, uh, we just have a few topics to address today, um, first of which uh, deals with Privacy Awareness Week, which is coming up the week of the 12th in May. Um, recently, we had an event uh, with Steve Cronin from SecureSoft, which was a webinar, um, I guess, just touching on some really critical cybersecurity elements. So, can you just give me a few key takeaways that our members can benefit from? I guess I guess one of the key takeaways, and, and I love um, Privacy Awareness Week, I think it's a really important one for raising consumer awareness as well and making sure it stays on at front of mind for a lot of boards because obviously there, there aren't huge penalties out there. However, it's something that is integral to the trust ratio you have with your customers. Um, Deloitte's Privacy Index last year uh, talked about how the number one reason uh, why customers are agreeable to handing over their, their personal data to an organisation is the trust in that organisation. And if that's not there, then there has to be either a really strong benefit um, in it for them, and that's that can be sometimes a hard thing to sell for them handing it over. Um, there is growing awareness around privacy uh, rights of individuals and the way we need to protect them, look after them and notify them of breaches. Even if you do make a mistake, they appreciate um, and you rebuild that trust by notifying them. So I guess some of the stuff that um, Steve's webinar covered off was the, the simple things that you need to do to protect the data that is in your care. Right. So it's not just your own IP. A lot of the data that organisations are holding is other people's data, a bit like the theme for the ASIC forum. And, um, and your weakest link in your organisation is usually your people, opening the wrong email, um, storing it where it shouldn't be stored, not following whatever the procedures are for where data needs to go, not understanding the value of what you hold, what's personal, what isn't personal. So some of the simple tools that, they, that, that Steve was kind of showcasing for it for us were around things like protecting your email, making sure that you that doesn't get through for people to make those mistakes and very much emphasising the, um, the need, especially in this space, for multiple lines of defence, quite literally, not in our sort of compliance theory way, but in that um, Swiss cheese effect uh, for protecting data. So you start with your, with your weakest link, stop the email coming in, make sure everything's stored where it's meant to be stored, make sure you're getting backups, make sure those firewalls are in. And it's not just one thing. It's not your, your perfect firewall. Um, there's no single silver bullet for this one. You have to be doing it on multiple fronts. And some tools are quite simple to use and allow you to make sure and to see what threats are coming in. And some tools... Um, are a little bit more in your IT specialist area. So we covered off things that where you as a compliance and risk person can have a bit of oversight with it and understand what the heck's going on. 
Right, right. Yeah. So obviously a lot of mentioning of tools and having that IT professional, but it also sounds like it's awareness just plays a big role there as well. Yeah. Yeah. A huge part. Um, if something slips through, that's your other line. Your, your training of your staff is one of your biggest mitigation strategies for any kind of compliance or risk program, to be honest. Okay, excellent. And I guess if any of our listeners want to know more about Privacy Awareness Week, um, if you go to the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner website, um, they have all the information there. And I think there are a series of events that particular week as well. And this year's um, Deloitte Trust Index, I think it will be released on the Friday of that week. Um, so just keep an eye out on that. Yeah, it'll be the their fifth annual uh, Privacy Index. And it's a really interesting one that builds on the theme for our conference at the end of the year that role in everyone in the organisation in rebuilding and maintaining trust as an asset of your organisation. And privacy is a key ingredient in that. Okay, so the next thing we wanted to touch on, uh, I guess, pretty quickly as well is um, the GRC Institute made a submission, um, I I think, based on looking at the role of APRA in regulating the financial system. So tell me a bit about that. Yes, well, look, APRA's capability review is up and in light of the Royal Commission and the way... A compliance professionals would like to see the world regulated and run, um, we put in some very general points for the panel to consider when they're thinking about um, APRA's capability. And a lot of that was about those essentials that, we, that we're always conversing with regulators themselves about. It's the compliance professionals who are reading and embedding um, the requirements that the regulator releases. So more conversations with compliance professionals need to occur with those regulators. Regulators need to understand how that role works in an organisation and they need to be asking for appropriately qualified and appropriately senior compliance professionals. Um, it's great to have a, you know, a risk management conversation with an organisation, especially if you're a prudential regulator, obviously, but there are other complex requirements that um, need an embedded compliance program and that it's a compliance professional who puts that together. So having those conversations, understanding how that works is a requirement. We've also, again, asked if um, regulators are, are going to conduct surveillance or an investigation into an organisation, if they could coordinate their efforts um, and have conversations with each other because we all know that um, there is an incredible amount of overlap between ASIC and APRA and so having some kind of understanding um, so that you're not having an APRA visit one day and an ASIC on the next day and having to trawl out the same or slightly different data for them would be very, very helpful, um, especially then in that relationship you have with both regulators you do want to cooperate, um, but it is it is an onerous burden if you're having to trawl out just subtly different data when they could have that conversation together and coordinate their efforts um, in the best interests of the market and the organisations. Yeah, and I know that APRA also, I think they released a paper recently about their, um, their sort of developing their new data collection mm. systems as well. Did they put out a tender? I can't, I'm not sure. Uh, ASIC has put out a tender for some reg tech um, technology uh, as well. But yes, APRA is going to be looking to capture more data. And this is a very sensitive space, obviously, for our members as well. Um, I think one of the interesting things that came out of the Royal Commission was not the the amount of data that organisations hold about their customers and about um, transactions and, and activities going on, it's that a lot of people in the organisation aren't aware of all the dots that are joined by those, um, yeah. how to use it to the betterment of outcomes for everybody. 
Um, I was a bit surprised by that lack of application of the data, but I think regulatory intel, um, attention on this point will be something that will focus the minds of people to actually collate and understand what data they are keeping, yep. um, and especially if they've got to hand it over to a regulator, because sometimes more is not better. Yeah. And there's a kind of sense the regulators are looking to collate their own data, well, what they can collate anyways. Um, you know, just when you go to those RegTech um, liaison meetings at ASIC and you see APRA standing there and Austrac standing there, you kind of think, oh, you know, something's kind of happening there. It could yeah, be interesting. I always get a sense, too, that they don't quite know what questions to ask until they see the data. Like, that's why they want the data, because they're not quite sure what they're asking for. I always get a little bit of a sense of that. And again, that's where if they had... Um, more people within the regulators who are experienced in compliance and risk management programs, they probably wouldn't need to go on a broad hunting expedition. They probably have a little bit more of a focused understanding. Um, although our understanding is that the regulators will be conducting a little bit more of a, of a research-focused approach and, and getting to understand the increasing complexity of businesses and how they're trying to make that work with compliance programs. Um, and do a bit more of that digging, which will be great, especially if they can give any kind of highlights or learn lessons learned back to industry, because that's what we really want to hear from regulators. All right, excellent. And we've touched on some of this next bit already, um, but I just wanted to sort of look at what we think might be coming out of the ASIC forum this year, you know, post-Royal Commission. We've already spoke a bit about the natural language processing and the fact mm. that they've already put out a tender. So that conversation is there. But I guess... What do you think members are going to be looking for who go to attend the forum? I think, look, the big the big theme of day one in their program is all about um, regulatory approaches. So how they are going to regulate um, in the future. They've brought in some international speakers, so it'll be interesting to see if they have any unique or interesting lessons or ways of applying their regulatory powers and how that means that our members will interact with um, ASIC and APRA and, and Austrac in the future. They've all got their own little slant on things, but I think that they're understanding that um, it's a global market, it's incredibly complex. The products that, they, that the organisations they regulate change all the time and they, um, they really need to keep up. I mean, that was one of the things we highlighted in our submission to APRA, that standards have been issued, but some of them haven't been reviewed since 2006. And the, the very products that those standards are about have changed immensely in that time. Um, so it's a really difficult uh, game to keep ahead of if you're a regulator. So there's a lot of that on day one. A lot of the, the other parts on day two, I guess, is getting back to the fundamentals of why we have a regulatory system in the first place. It's to service all members of society, from the poorest to the richest, to keep markets stable, to look after consumers and customers, and to keep that trust index. Yes, and I guess to use James Shipton's own words, and remember, it's other people's money. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, yeah, that's great. And I guess we'll also hear a bit more about the whistleblowing um, amendments, probably, um, because I think the Office of the Whistleblower is still, it's within ASICs. That's right, at the moment, yes, yeah. yes. So we might we might get a little bit of an update on that, but we'll certainly be asking for, um, for progress on that one. We are all in the, now a little bit of a caretaker mode until yeah. um, after May the 18th. But um, I don't think that means that things are stopping anywhere anytime soon. I think that they're chugging along in the background. 
It's a bit business as usual, but nothing, no out there statements. Um, so it's interesting timing for the ASIC forum, in fact. Yeah. Um, however, it is, um, it is an interesting time, 2019, and, and I think there's a strong recognition that it's a very sophisticated and complex requirement being a regulator now. Yeah, yeah, and it's a bit of a countdown for the government um, mm. in terms of those 76 recommendations they've committed to. Mm. Um, and I guess the last but least, um, it's all about us now. Um, our Which is not the least, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, the Anti-Money Laundering and Financial Crimes Congress next week. Yes, I always get super excited about this event. I know it's a little bit niche. Some of our members um, sort of see this as, as the sort of event for your AML specialists, but there's another huge chunk of our members who undertake um, financial crime compliance and AML CTF um, compliance for their organisations, along with all their other compliance requirements. So it's a great event where we've tried to pack in um, as many uh, perspectives on all the different areas of financial crime, from modern slavery um, through to your, your straight-out compliance reportings. Austrac are sending along two speakers, which we're very excited about, and we'll be revisiting um, that whole suspicious matter reporting. Um, that's that's a continual improvement exercise for everybody in the market, as well as Austrac. Um, and it's last time we ran a session like that, it was incredibly valuable to get an understanding of the five different agencies and what they do with that data and how valuable it can be to them. Um, and also some really valuable lessons that they have observed in the market um, that people just aren't learning. Mm. Organisations just aren't facing up to the fact that um, issues that have occurred in the big cases that grab headlines occur everywhere else. And it's not just a CBA or a TAB court problem, um, you know, who, who long ago may have sorted this all out. It's everybody else is still doing that stuff. Yeah. And so it's really time to... Um, be honest and step back and reflect where you might be also making the same mistakes and get in early and sort yourself out so you're very proactive about it. Um, so a lot of those sessions and then ending with a bit of fun, finding out how much you could get paid if you <laughs> if you move organisations and you're in the, that financial crime space. Um, <clears throat> but yes, I'm very excited. We've got um, a a number of panel sessions with uh, with experts in their particular fields, um, very generously contributing their knowledge. So yeah, it makes for a great intense day. Um, we, as usual, have worked really, really hard to get the best speakers we possibly can and to talk them through the kinds of questions we're getting from members so that they can be answered on the day. Right, excellent, excellent. And I don't know if it's just sort of like the sort of perversity in me, but I'm kind of curious to know how everybody got through with their compliance reports at the end yes. of March. Yeah, um, very much. And Austrac is also very interested in hearing from people, um, you know, how they, were they able to obtain any value from undertaking the exercise and what they would ask Austrac to ask differently next time or as well or... Uh, to give more guidance around. Um, so it's a huge learning exercise for Austrac as well. They will be reviewing that process again for next year and they're always after continual improvements. Some questions will stay the same um, because they need that data over the long term, but others um, can always be improved upon. So if you are there in the room and you want to add your two cents worth, we would very much welcome your input as well. 
right, excellent. And I know it might seem a long way off. Um, this I wasn't going to mention this in the podcast, but I will. Um, our conference in October, um, 16th and 17th. 17th and 18th. Oh, terrible. <laughs> You've been uh, on holidays, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so just you know, put that on your calendars, yes. mark it off. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be Definitely. expansive. Um, Definitely. And for those who managed to make it to the Sydney one last year, this we're going back to the two-day format um, as requested by members and attendees. But we will be expanding that regulator panel, having it very similar. They'll get double the time, though, this time. Um, as we discovered last year, it was a really, really valuable exercise to have them all in the room at the same time um, to give their key input uh, and by October, it will be a much more interesting picture, um, bouncing suggestions and ideas off each other while they're in the room and really exploring that role of compliance in, in rebuilding trust. It's, it's a big theme. It's a long-term project for a lot of organisations, to be honest. All right, excellent. Well, by the time you hear this episode, um, it, Anzac Day would have passed, so I hope everyone has either a really restful day or that you're able to get up early in the morning and go to, I think they have... The, the dawn service, the dawn that's service, right. Well, yeah. you, you can go and have a nap after that, but I think most people pop down to the pub. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Cormac. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute, and the original music was written by Rob Neary.